Today is uh, Tuesday, the 23rd week of Ordinary Time, and today is the uh, Feast of the Birth of Mary. So we'll be taking a look at that, particularly focusing upon the first reading. Uh, we have different options for the readings today, and I'm looking at Romans chapter 8, verses 28 through 30, about how the Lord uh, fits everything into a pattern for the good to those that are called uh, by Him. Uh, he... And he justifies them, he glorifies them, he conforms them to the image and likeness of the Son. That's the essence of those verses. So let's take a look at that, see how that applies to Mary and to us today. First of all, Romans chapter 8, verses 28 through 30, uh, St. Paul speaks uh, about the calling of those that love God, those who are turned towards God, those who are open to his grace and receive his grace how he fits everything into a pattern for their good. St. Thomas Aquinas said that the magnitude of the favor of the Holy Spirit confers on us to work things out for good. Uh, he went on to say that God is powerful to draw good out of evil. Um, so uh, this speaks about the graciousness of the Lord, the favor of the Lord. The word for good here is beneficial, useful, generous, grace. Uh, and then of course, uh, fits God works everything. The word uh, work has to do with the time is favorable. Uh, he assists us. So in other words, we see in this passage uh, just a, a beautiful statement of God being for us, not against us. We see a beautiful statement of God's magnitude of his favor, his grace, his generosity towards us. Um, he, and so that was Mary for sure. Uh, Mary was, uh, her birth, uh, that, which is what we celebrate today, was a birth in which uh, the Lord kept her free. Her conception was kept free of, of original sin, and then her birth um, was simply part of God's plan to save the human race. It was the plan to bring forth the Messiah, Jesus. And this was not of anything of Mary's choosing, although she had to say yes to God's plan, it nonetheless was a work of the Lord that was beneficial, generous, it was good. It was good not only for her, but for the whole human race. And here, as St. Thomas Aquinas says, we see the magnitude of the favor of the Holy Spirit. So it also goes on to talk about uh, that passage there. talks about being conformed to the likeness of Jesus. Uh, that's God's end game, you might say. His game plan is to form us to the image of his son, Jesus. Uh, St. Thomas said that, the saints are the preeminent of all the parts of the universe. There he talks about saints with a small s. That's anyone who's baptized into Christ. Uh, the saints are the preeminent of all the parts of the universe. Uh, and God cares for them. So he works all things out, even our sins, because the Holy Spirit's in us. So there's no situation the Lord cannot work out. It's just we need to turn to him and cooperate with his grace. The Catechism speaks about Mary and says that Mary, though, was kept free from original sin. The Holy Spirit prepared Mary by his, by his grace, so she is full of grace because she'd be full of the divinity that would dwell in her. And this is all, as the Catechism says, a sheer, sheer grace conceived without sin is her nature. Truly, she's unique in that sense. But I, we, too, are unique in all of the universe. We are the saints of the Lord. With again with a small s, we uh, which means to be set apart, to be sanctified, and our calling is to be conformed to the likeness of Jesus, and we've been adopted 
by the Father, as Paul speaks about in the early part of Romans chapter 8. So, what else do we see about Mary is the sheer grace? She becomes the woman, the new Eve, the mother of the living. Uh, she would become the mother of the church. She's at Pentecost, waiting with the twelve for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit that would birth uh, a new age. Mary's a member of the body of Christ, and her charity joins her uh, to also be the mother of all those who are part of the body of Christ. So what else can we say about Romans chapter 8 here? Uh, God steers a course through human events. Those who love him, those who have a covenant with him, they're justified, which means he makes us right in his presence. He cleanses us and frees us of our sins and gives us the Holy Spirit to live in us. He glorifies us. He fills us with the Holy Spirit and he will continue to... Um, he continues to conform us to the image of his son. Jesus is called in this passage here, the firstborn. So we're conformed to the son. The firstborn is an Old Testament uh, passage or saying, uh, phrase that's used. Israel was the firstborn. Adam and, Adam and Eve was the, uh, Adam was the first son. You could say Adam and Eve were the firstborn. Then you could say Israel was the firstborn. Jesus is the firstborn, but he becomes the new Adam. Uh, and he reclaims the glory uh, that was lost with our first parents. So uh, the, the beauty uh, and the passage here um, speaks about, we also in baptism would be part of the firstborn. Uh, we belong to, the, belong to Christ, who's our head. And so it's important, I think, to recognize our identity in Christ and to recognize who we are before him. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you call us uh, and that you work all things into a pattern for the good to those that love you and are called according to your plan, that you justify us, you glorify us. We thank you, Lord, that, um, that as your sons and daughters, as your saints, we are preeminent in all the universe. Um, we thank you, Lord, for working out everything into a pattern for our good uh, out of your pure magnitude of favor and graciousness to each of us. We thank you. We pray this through Christ our Lord. Amen.